Thank you for inviting me today. Um, some of you I know and some of you know me and my wife and family. Um, we were very much involved with you, some of you with the Alpha training uh, last year. And uh, they send their regards. Uh, they can't be here this morning. Thank you. Um, and today is Father's Day. Anybody remember? <laughs> Any younger people remember? <laughs> and uh, this morning um, I opened a present that came through the post from my daughter yesterday. And I opened it this morning at the breakfast table. And as I undid it and, and the, took the paper off, uh, it said um, that the title, the big title on the book said, Switch on your brain. Uh, and I thought, is my daughter trying to tell me something here? <laughs> uh, but uh, my brain will be switched on, I can assure you, and, and my mic is switched on too, so we're okay. Uh, so, yeah, so we're looking at Romans 5, 1 to 5 this morning, and um, I know you've been doing a series on the Holy Spirit, and um, so uh, I think that's for me to do now, isn't it? Yes. Okay, I've got this little thing to operate. Uh, am I pointing it in the right direction? Is, that, is, that, is, it, is it over there, is it? Okay, thank you. Yeah? Bingo. Yeah? Nothing. All right, yes, okay. Yeah, and again. <laughs> thank you, yes, all right. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, I'm just going to read this out, I think. So, uh, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to look at, go through this bit by bit, right? So, and then I'll do a little summary at the end. Uh, I have a few slides to show too. Um, so, looking at ver- verse one, um, that we have been justified uh, by or through faith. It's good to know that we've been justified by faith. It's not anything else that's justified us. Oh, that was a nice amen. Thank you. And um, uh, we've been brought back into right relationship with God. Okay? I mean, this is what this means, isn't it? And that we've been made completely acceptable to him through our faith. So this is talking about what God has done. Um, uh, So... What God has done, we can't ask him to do what he's already done. Um, We can't make ourselves any more acceptable. So how does does God see us today? Well, I think uh, this verse tells us that he sees us as completely acceptable. Um, Sometimes we don't feel completely acceptable. We don't see ourselves in the same way that God sees us. Acceptable sometimes has this meaning, um, you know, when we think of exams and things, you know, we can be, we can get a, a distinction, a merit, uh, or um, satisfactory, or less than satisfactory, 
and something below that, a fail, basically. So, uh, but the word, I think the key word there is completely and totally acceptable. And uh, that means acceptable in all ways to God, because that's what Jesus has done for us. In Jesus, we are totally acceptable to him. So we've been justified and declared righteous in the sight of God. It's good to know. Um, also, uh, he is our righteousness. Okay, it's all included in that, really. So, it's not me that's righteous, but it's Jesus who has made me righteous. So, I live in his righteousness. He is my righteousness. We also have peace with God. So, it goes on to say that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. It says that in Isaiah 9, verse 6. Or the coming Messiah is the the Prince of Peace. Um, And he gives us peace with God. So we were once enemies of God. But um, he is now our peace. He is the, Jesus is the intermediary. And the message of salvation in Ephesians It's called the gospel of peace. Paul mentions it as being the gospel of peace in Ephesians 6. So Jesus basically has taken the guilt and sin away and peace has replaced that. And that is what has happened. But we just appropriate it by believing it, by our faith. And also this gives us, well, in Hebrews 10:22 it says that we can now have a clear conscience and be at peace with God. So there's these various cross references that I'm using about peace with God which support what we're reading in Romans. So this only comes through Jesus Christ. Verse 2 talks about gaining access. So uh, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Um, Just paraphrasing this, all the blessings are made available to us because of his grace, his unmerited favour. And this comes through our faith. And we stand daily in the flow of God's free gifts to us. So we stand daily. Uh, that means every day. Um, does any, sometimes perhaps some of us feel that we're having an off day. Do you ever feel that? <laughs> Today's an off day. But we can look at these verses, these words of the Lord, and you know, these anointed words, and we can say, well, we stand daily in the flow of God's grace. So there's, a, there's more than enough grace There's more than enough. There's an abundant supply and a flow of grace that comes from God because of Jesus. So even if you have an off day, remember that we stand daily in the flow. And the flow of God's grace, it's a good word, flow, like a river. There was an old chorus about flows like a river, something like that. And... um, We've been having floods this week, or the rivers have been very high, the rivers or the river. 
and rivers that lead off from the Severn. And uh, in my walk through the woods to get to work, and I, I, I do walk through woods to get to work, which is quite nice, uh, there's this little stream, and um, normally it's pretty empty. But this week, it was flowing like a torrent. And, uh, and indeed, you know, the, the, the river Severn, bursting its banks almost, looks pretty, well, it looks quite green and fierce, doesn't it? And there's a certain power about it when it's going really fast. And, and God's flow of grace is like that. It's, it's, it, it can be like a torrent, you know, and, and that's really good news, is unmerited favor. We can be bold and confident when we know this. Uh, boldness and confidence is, is something that we need sometimes. Uh, Ephesians 3 verse 12 says that we are able to approach God with confidence. Why? Because we live in him and have faith in him. Hebrews chapter 10 says that we have confidence to enter boldly into the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies, of course, was in the Old Covenant when the priest, only the priest could go in once a year or something. So, or at certain times. And, but we have confidence to enter the very throne, to approach the throne of God. And that's a real privilege simply because of what Jesus has done for us through his blood. Yeah, I mentioned the gifts, God's flow of free gifts to us. Um, so what do these gifts include? They, uh, well, they include a lot, but some of the gifts, for example, the Saviour is a gift to us. Jesus is Saviour. His love is a gift. His grace. His peace. His Holy Spirit a brand new life, his brand new life, not just a patched up, patched up life, you know, um, but a brand new life, a brand new start. He says that we are a brand new creation. I am a new creation. Freedom from bondage to sin. Supernatural strength. There's that verse that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength and power. Also, purpose is a gift from God, sense of purpose. The Lord says in, in Jeremiah, the plans I have for you are to prosper you. They're not for evil, but to prosper you and for good. So this is good news. Also, the gift of prayer, the fact that we have in prayer direct access to God. 1 John 5 14 to 15, again, talks about the confidence that we have in him, where it says that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we, if, he knows that he hears, if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have received, that we have received the requests made of him. We can have that confidence when we're praying. You may be praying for something now, believing for something, which you cannot see physically yet with your own eyes, could be a healing, could be something financial, or something, it could be for a job. 
But if that's the Lord's will, and you can, you know, the more you pray, the more the Lord will tell you that that's his will, the more you can discern his will, you can know that you have received that request, that you have received it in the spirit. It may take a while to see it sometimes in, in the physical. But we can have that confidence, that's faith. And that involves perseverance, which we will talk about in a moment. Also, there is the gift of hope. And Romans 15, 13 talks about hope, um, uh, uh, about the praying that the God of hope, that you will pray to the God of hope. And uh, it says here in this... Um, in this passage uh, about hope. Um, We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So this hope, this is our sure and certain hope. So hope in the Bible is not just like wishful thinking. We can often talk about hope. We can talk about the weather. Well, I hope it clears up for the picnic or something, or... uh, I hope my team win this afternoon. We can have hope about Brexit or not Brexit. About whatever's happening. We can have hope about passing an exam. But these things are sometimes dependent on circumstances. But our, our hope in him is a sure and certain hope. He's described as the anchor of our souls. And that's something that's sure and certain. So it's not just wishful wishful thinking. Proverbs 13, verse 2. Deferred hope causes sickness in the heart. How many of us have hoped for something but only been disappointed because our hope doesn't come to fruition? The verse goes on to continue. Deferred hope causes sickness in the heart, but the fulfillment of what is desired is a tree of life. So hope, this hope, this sure and certain hope relates to the future. And God has given his Holy Spirit as a deposit, a guarantee. I'll talk more about that in a moment. So it relates to the future. And the definition of faith, which is in Hebrews 11 verse 1, True faith is being sure of the hope we have. Being sure of the hope. Are you sure of the the hope that you have? Are you sure of the hope that you have this morning? Am I sure of it? And it's being certain that we shall see what has been promised. We've all been promised life in Jesus. His promises are yes in Jesus. That's how precious he is. So we shall all see what has been promised, even though we don't see these things at present. So it's being sure of the hope we have and being certain that we shall see what has been promised, even though we don't see these things at present. And God never fails to deliver on his promises. He's a very faithful God. So you can be sure and certain this morning. Think about that, things that you are praying for, things that you know are right to pray for, needs. You can be short and certain. God is faithful to his promises. Maybe you've 
being given promises. Maybe the Lord has promised you or you've read in his word about a promise and you haven't seen it come to fruition yet. But don't just tarry a while so that you can believe that it will happen because it is sure and certain to happen. Hang on in there. Yes, hallelujah, thank you. So, we can not only rejoice, but we also rejoice, yes, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. This is verse 3, isn't it? Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Uh, this is the difficult bit, isn't it, often? Our sufferings. We know that suffering produces perseverance. Okay. So this refers to the cost and the possible suffering involved in being faithful to the Lord. And there are many people going through suffering for their faith today in different parts of the world. In fact, I believe there is more persecution towards Christians than ever before. But it's important to see the positive side in everything that God allows to happen to us. And it's easy to, you know, to be positive in our Western culture when we aren't under persecution so much, as in some countries. We may be familiar with that verse, Romans 8, verse 28, which says that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Have you been called according to his purpose? Let's have an amen to that, yes. (laughs) So, the cost and suffering involved in being faithful to the Lord. Okay, now, this takes perseverance. Perseverance is mentioned in this. The book of Hebrews talks about those who persevered in faith. I've got a few slides on this. Uh, So I've got a definition first, thank you. Um, One definition of perseverance is persistence or persisting in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. And the Lord exhorts, Jesus exhorted his disciples Um, to never give up praying when they're praying for something. Uh, The parable of the widow, um, uh, the poor widow, um, and uh, where she kept on knocking, to keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. And the unrighteous judge, of course, who said that despite, you know, even though this, this widow's bothered because she's bothering me even though I don't really care I'll open the door because she's so persistent how much more will God open the door to you and I and sometimes that takes perseverance to realize because there's a there's a growing for us as we as we pray and as our belief and faith grows and sometimes there may be suffering in the meantime in the sense of you know having to believe and it's difficult sometimes but it's a bit like that picture of Um, physical training for something if you're physically training for a marathon or for some sport when you're building your muscles up by doing the training it can be painful but you know at the end of it it will be worth it and it makes you stronger physically and similarly we 
we train our faith muscles, if I can put it like that, um, to become stronger. Yeah, so uh, that's one definition. Here are some words, which are uh, some synonyms, which I always like to look at. Um, it's so easy to do these days on, online, you know. So, um, so tenacity, perseverance can mean tenacity, holding on in there, hanging on in there, being tenacious. I think God loves that, you know, when we are tenacious and really hang on in there to something as he sees our faith grow and grow and say, I'm not giving up. Determination is the same, isn't it? Resolve, decision that nothing's going to stop you. Resolution, resoluteness, staying power, purposefulness, firmness of purpose, patience, endurance and application. Great words to do with perseverance. So we persevere in faith. Hebrews 10 talks about this. Persevere in faith so that having done God's will, you will receive the promised inheritance. And Jesus urged his disciples to persevere in prayer, to keep knocking, asking, and the door will be open. In the book of James, one of the first things he says in the book of James to to the dispersion, the disciples of dispersion, count it all joy when you meet various trials. So these were people who'd been, at the time, going through a lot of persecution. And James was exhorting them to count it all joy. Count it all joy. Think about that. How many times when we, we encounter a problem, count it all joy. Why count it all joy? The testing of your faith produces perseverance. That's why. And we only learn to persevere when our faith is being tested. So see it as a test of faith. See that as a good, positive thing. Not always easy at the time. Character is another aspect here. Yes, so uh, suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. Okay, so thank you. Oh, we've still got a few more for perseverance. I keep forgetting this. So, so a few other things, a few other statements about perseverance. Yes, Walter Elliot. Perseverance is not a long race. It is many short races, one after the other. Sometimes we feel we can only do it at first like that. Second one. Perseverance is failing 19 times and succeeding the 20th. Who was that um, inventor, Edison, and the light bulb? I don't know how many attempts he made at getting the light bulb to work, but it must have been on the point of giving up when finally he finally managed to get a light bulb, electric light bulb working. And it was after many, many attempts. So don't give up is, is the call there in perseverance. I like this one. If plan A didn't work, the alphabet has 25 more letters. I suppose that depends on which language you speak. But it's just stay cool. And if you get to Z, we'll just go back to A again. <laughs> it might work the second time. So character. Sorry, one more, one more on perseverance. Perseverance means never giving up, as it says in Galatians 6 verse 9. Character. Uh, so, yes, again, we have a definition of character. 
It means the strength and originality in a person's nature. Okay, so, and all the definitions here that involves integrity. I'd like to be a person of integrity. Honor, moral strength, moral fiber, rectitude, uprightness, fortitude, strength, spine and backbone. I like that one, yeah? Faith, perseverance, it will bring spine and backbone. Toughness and resolve. I don't want to be a weak Christian in the wrong sense. I want to be dependent on him and his strength, which will give strength. So backbone and toughness, resolve, willpower. You know, those, those first apostles, they were tough. When they were brought in the Acts, you can read about them, when they were brought before, uh, before the authorities and the Pharisees and the, and the law. And they said, we can only preach about what we've seen and heard. You can tell us what you like. You can do what you like to us. You can punish us. You can whip us and, and punish us, however, and thrash us, whatever it is. But we can only talk about what we've seen and heard. You couldn't keep them down. And they had backbone because they had the strength and the power of Jesus behind them and the Holy Spirit. Grit, firmness, purpose, grit, guts, gutsiness, gumption and bottle. Where's your bottle? He will give you bottle. By perseverance. So, uh, character. So hope does not disappoint us. Therefore, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. That's in verse 5. God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. This is the love of God. So he's poured it out into our hearts. That, not, not drip, drip, not a gradual thing, but he's poured it generously into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. God is generous. So he's given us the Holy Spirit to live within us. This is the love God shed abroad in our hearts. So we can experience God's love in a rich way, which has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And what else has this, the Holy Spirit given us? Well, it's the Holy Spirit guarantees that we haven't misplaced our hope. There is, as I said, it's a sure and certain hope. His love will not fail us. In Ephesians 1, 13 to 14, there is mentioned that the seal of the Holy Spirit... He says, Paul says, and you were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth of the gospel of your salvation. And having believed, he marked you in a very special way. So, if you're a believer this morning, he marked you in a very special way. By placing his personal seal upon you. Okay. The seal traditionally means that mark of authenticity. He gave you his own promised Holy Spirit to live within you. The gift of his Spirit. It's a deposit from God. The Holy Spirit is a deposit of God, it says, that guarantees your inheritance and my inheritance. 
and keeps us as though those who are his possession, living in the power of his redeeming love. So you pay a deposit sometimes because you are, in a sense, guaranteeing that you're going to buy something, deposit on a house or a car or something. You pay in advance. And that guarantees that you will that that thing is going to be yours or that is yours. And similarly, God, through his Holy Spirit, has given that seal, seal of approval, uh, seal of guarantee, of deposit, of that inheritance which is yours and which is mine. It's a great future. Because you and I are those who are his possession. He actually owns us. I'm not my own anymore. I am his as you are. This is also mentioned in 1 Corinthians 1, 21 to 22. It says, He himself anointed each of us personally, thus setting his seal of ownership upon us by placing his Holy Spirit in our hearts. This wonderful deposit that we have received from him is a guarantee of what is to come, our full inheritance. Okay, that's great. Good news. So I'm just going to summarize some of the things I've said. Thank you. So because of Jesus, by faith, we have been made fully acceptable to God. Amen. He is our righteousness. I'm not, but he is. We have peace with God. All the blessings that have been made available to us Sorry, all the blessings have been made available to us. We can approach God freely and with confidence. We stand daily in the flow of God's free gifts, which include a new life, his love, grace, peace, Holy Spirit, freedom from bondage to sin, supernatural strength, purpose and direct access to God and we also have the gift of a sure and certain hope we can rejoice in our problems as these test our faith and help us persevere producing character and hope and God has poured out his love by giving us the Holy Spirit who is his seal of ownership of us and a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance Amen. So Lord, we thank you for these precious promises. And I pray that in the coming days and weeks, you will remind us through your word as we read your word and as we listen to your voice, that these are precious promises and they are truths about where we stand in Christ today. And I pray that we will stand daily, whether they be off days or on days, that we will stand daily in those promises. Thank you. Amen.